Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Today we're here at Sociable Cider Works in uh, lovely, what you guys call this, Northeast Minneapolis? Uh, we have Steve here from Sociable Cider Works right off the top of the show to talk about what's going on here. Uh, Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, briefly, I mean, how did this place come to be? Um, so we have two owners, um, and they were college roommates. Um, and both were like investment bankers, so we kind of had an eye for a business knowledge. Um, and when they were rooming together, they would homebrew cider. So okay. like, uh, they would kind of just like press their own apples. And then they had the idea once the uh, brewery kind of like boom happened, there wasn't a lot of cider. Yeah. So they just decided to like capitalize on that and then start, put one like right in kind of like the center of the brewery boom. Wow. See, Dave, you and I lived in Northeast back in the day. We could have pressed our own apples and made cider, and we didn't do it. We could that. have. Yeah, I think we were. Uh, we started too early. We were before the boom we occurred. Were the so, <laughs> but yeah, this would be the place to live now. So, of course, we're all drinking the ciders here. Uh, Dave, you got a flight. I did, yeah. Yep. And you got like a bunch of different ones. I did. I, you know, and I, this is actually my first time here, so I actually started with the Freewheeler, which is the flagship, I was told. So, yeah, kind of the basis on which all of them are kind of created. And that's but one you can find in stores, right? Yes, yeah, okay. that's our most recognizable product. Okay. Yeah, it's an, it's an excellent start. You know, I mean, I don't, for someone who doesn't drink a lot of ciders normally, um, just the first few sips have been delicious. It's not um, not too sweet. It's got the, a, a nice dry feel to it. So, yeah, so really impressed. Can't wait to see how the rest of the flight goes now. Okay. Sterling, what'd you get? So, I got the uh, Gin Botanical. Oh. Uh, it's phenomenal. I don't even know how to say it other than that. It tastes like gin. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of a juniper uh, note in it. Okay. I, the botanicals are interesting. I yep. mean, do you can you disclose any of the botanicals that are in there? Um, yeah, I mean, so there's like caraway, okay. um, spruce, juniper, um, peppercorns. Um, okay. It's your pretty standard gin. Um, more on the juniper end as opposed to like some gins are more on the spruce end. Yeah. Um, I, I can... I think I can taste peppercorn, mm-hmm. but you know that's one of those things where you say it, and now I think I <laughs> taste it. I'm right. Not sure, but it's very good. It's very refreshing. Yeah, I uh, I grabbed the. I think it's, it's called. It's the honey mead. Yeah, mead for speed. Mead for speed. Now I've had meads before. I have meads at the Renfest every year. Yep, and this tastes 
pretty much like those. I mean, it's it's a fantastic mead. It's it's great. Um, did you guys decide to do meads after you kind of did ciders or? Yeah, that was kind of like well, one of our production. Um, he's kind of like the warehouse manager. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really into meads, um, and then so like one of our owners just kind of like let him start this side project and then it turned into like become more of a like hit than we thought yeah um because now we're bringing like mead to a more well-known market where sure. before like you would only find it at like Renfest or like the people that really are into meads mm-hmm. um and we're, we made it more sessionable too right at around like six percent so like you yeah. can have a couple and not be on the floor <laughs> yeah, right, I've, yeah no i've had some meads out of uh bottles at stores and those can get percentages can get a little high. Sure can. So you got to watch yourself. Now uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the food truck situation here because it's not like a normal food truck kind of thing yeah, where you guys yep. have different ones coming in all the time. Uh, explain to me what you guys are doing out here. Yeah, so we're we're calling it an incubator. Um, so basically, we're trying to take local aspiring chefs, um, and they come and they do residencies. Okay. Um, so then, like we have Union Mung Kitchen right now. Um, and they're uh, Monday through Saturday. Okay. Um, and then basically it's an idea to help both grow both brands. Um, oh. And then hopefully with the draw at the end of the residencies, they would have enough um, hype to then get a brick and mortar. Oh, nice. And kind of nice. like, so we're kind of like help aspiring chefs to like get a chance wow. to get into yeah. a restaurant. That's awesome. I, that's I, When I read about this, I was like, that is so interesting. I... I, see, nobody else has done this, I don't think. Do you know anybody else that's done this? Um, Prize is doing something like this, too. Well, now, yeah, I guess oh, Prize would true. be the same, kind of the same deal. They have theirs, I think theirs is more of a upstairs type of thing. Yeah, there's, yep. there's upstairs, so it's in yeah. the same building. You guys actually have a truck, truck yeah, outside, yep. so it's like a food truck. Yeah, it's operated like a food truck, but yeah. then... It's a little bit bigger than a normal food truck because it's not a drivable truck, so they're ab- able to add, like, different equipment in there um, to then kind of, like, customize it to okay. fit cool. what the uh, incoming um, chef wants, pretty much. Okay. And so then what's the one that's out right now? Uh, it's a um, barbecue and cruise. Okay. So, like, on Sundays we do pop-ups, um, like, small monthly residencies within, like, the big residency. Yeah. Um, so this month it's barbecue and cruise. Um they make amazing barbecue. I think next month we have a Thai restaurant coming in. Okay. Oh, cool. So there's kind of like ever rotating too, and those are even like smaller catering people coming, sure. giving them a shot at like seeing what they could do with a truck. And you guys have had a couple before this that have kind of gone somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like we started with the Curious Goat. Um, they were amazing people. They moved on to Modest, um, and then now he's on to. Kieran's Kitchen, like he's oh. running Kieran's Kitchen. Wow. Um, we had Red River um, Kitchen, and, and they have like a couple of restaurants like throughout the St. Paul area too. Cool. Um, so it's definitely we're always trying to like help others grow as nice. well. Nice, nice, very cool. That's great. You guys have a great place here, uh, and we we're going to enjoy your ciders uh, for the rest of the podcast here. Wonderful. Uh, but I want to thank you, Steve, for yeah, stopping by you. and uh, making some great uh, ciders for us. All right. And do you have a prediction? For next season's point total for Minnesota United, I would like to shoot for 52. 52. Okay. 52 okay. would be nice. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, we should mention that Steve's a big uh, United fan. Oh, that's right. I, I did forget to mention that I was told <laughs> by Alex that there are a bunch of United fans yes. who oh, yes. work here. In, so. in fact, how long have you had uh, season tickets now? This upcoming year will be six years. Okay. Oh, so. geez. So that would have been literally when they changed to Minnesota United, or was it I the I think it was before? the season after they switched from the Stars to the United, because um, they were getting, like, the buzz. That was back, like, when Christian Ramirez was starting to pop right, up, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, oh, the Blaine days were fun. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, those yeah. were fun. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun. Great time sitting behind the goal, the opposing uh, team, and yelling at the goalie in his native language. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. And Nessie was there every game. Oh, Nessie, every yes. Game. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. It was great. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, well, thanks again, Steve, for coming out. Of course, guys. And, thank uh, you very much. Thank you. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to welcome another guest. We're going to welcome another guest, of course. And we'll have to have her tell us what cider she got. Yes. We're going to welcome uh, Bridget McDowell, right? Yes. Bridget, you, uh, you are with, uh, what is it, uh, BG? Uh, MLS run down female. your resume. Yes, yeah, <laughs> run down your resume. I can't even go through all of it. So currently, and for the most part with MLS female. Okay. Um, I do contribute a little bit to BGN written as well. Okay. I uh, kind of started covering the forward Madison season with them. Had to kind of take a step back from that because we've had a lot of MLS news. So yeah, that kind of took over. But cool. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to be joining us for the rest of the podcast here. And uh, we're going to talk about some, well, of course, Loon's news because there right. is, there's a whole bunch <laughs> They actually decided to do something. They did decide That's, to do something. It's been a busy week over <laughs> Well, we we kind of mentioned this in the last podcast that we thought uh, Darwin was going to be Darwin was going to be gone. Right. Uh, before we get into that, uh, John Andruski is here on the sidelines. That was his phone yeah. dropping, by the way. So yeah. yes. we have now mentioned John in this podcast once again. Um, Every episode. I think much. he did that on purpose, so we mentioned him. Yeah. Um, so. Darwin is now, he's on his way to Houston. Right. Uh, we had heard rumors that it was going to be, uh, was it uh, well, Orlando? So it was originally Houston, then it was Orlando, and yeah. then the Dom Dwyer stuff kicked in. Yeah, yeah. And that was crazy. The trade for Dom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it ended up being Houston. Yeah. And then we, uh, so we got a bunch of. To sum it up, yeah, I mean, so obviously Houston gets Darwin Gintero, and then they also got a 2023rd round. Super draft pick, which is yeah. turns out to be the seventieth overall. So yeah, and then uh, MNUFC in return, of course, got the young. Well, I, sh- I say young, but he's, youngish, he's experienced, a young, experienced yeah. midfielder in Marlon Harrison, and plus some Tam Gam over the next two years. I think it's a uh, three hundred of each over the next split over yeah, split, split evenly, over the next two seasons. Yeah, yeah. one hundred and fifty for each of the next two seasons. So yeah. you know, I guess depending on how you want to look at that. It's, could be significant. Yeah. We'll see how the, the next uh, bargain, you know, collective bargaining agreement goes. But right. you, yeah. either yeah. way, I think they'll be uh, compensated for that. I, I have yeah. to believe this was the best deal that we could have. Well, it could have done. been nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, right. it could have been <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> could have been absolutely. What, what killed me about this whole deal was after we found out there was rumors going that the deal was happening, and then I heard rumors that. Well, being held up because Darwin was trying to work another work a deal with Houston for his contract. Right. And I was a little concerned at that point. I was like, oh, shit. 
now it's going to hit the fan. He's not. It's not going to happen. Right. We're going to be screwed because he's going to want more money. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to protect him in the expansion draft, yeah, yeah. and yeah. we'll have to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess good faith on his part to work all that out because yeah, I could see someone being an ass and using that to really burn some bridges, but. Good thing for they him. definitely took a step back and kind of let him work that deal for himself and yeah. and still get something out of it rather than him just taking off and getting yeah. a better deal somewhere else. Right, so. yeah. You think it was him or his agent? His agent was like, Darwin, now let's let's take this deal. Let's not screw <laughs> around here. Uh, quite <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, given the, the FO shakeup, I, I think... And Heath, I, I think it's a you know mutual mutually beneficial arrangement. Of course, I, I really think it is. I think the writing was on the wall early on this season, at least Definitely. midway through. Yeah. Um, you just saw those signs. We talked about it. Last we talked time, about but, it. Yeah. Do um, Do you have any insight into why some of the things happened this season? Like you know, not starting in the U.S. Open Cup final, not starting. Our last or in our playoff game, not starting against was it Seattle? He didn't start against. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, his production was significantly low. Um, and actually, I took a look back and I noticed that his non-inclusion started to occur well after his production dropped. So there yeah. was there was clearly some people I saw on Twitter because you know. Twitter is the great place to spout something that you <laughs> may not necessarily be accurate. Seen that uh, numerous times. And it, I saw a lot of people argue that maybe they were intertwined. Like he he stopped producing because Heath lost faith in him. But I noticed that for the most part, it was not producing. And then he started. Right. I think faith. there was probably quite a bit in training, maybe, that we didn't really see. Um, unfortunately, because I have a day job in addition to reporting for MLS, you know, I'm not always out there. Um, but it it does seem like you know Heath says a lot that players choose and drop themselves, right. and we know he has a track record to trying to make that point by oh, keeping yeah. people on the bench. Yeah. Um, we saw it even like I think it was the very first MLS game when he didn't make a single sub, and they right. were playing horribly, and he did it because. He wanted to prove a point that they had done that to themselves and mm-hmm. they were they were going to try to dig themselves out of it. I think we're seeing that more and more um, with individual players as well. And sure. I think Darwin was probably one of the most uh, obvious examples of that. Sure. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think, dare I say, the most consistent thing about Adrian Heath is that philosophy. Yes. I mean, he, yep. he, he'll go all over the place on everything else, but yes. I mean, other, he's right there yep. with that. And the other thing is, if players don't conform exactly to whatever his game plan is, um, you know, Quintero's out there trying to produce something, but it was usually when he'd kind of run off on his own and go, okay, let's make this work, let's yeah. make something happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't exactly to the play or the plans that they drew up for the match. Sure. Yep. And then even if it had come to something, even if every single one of those balls had gone in the net, he probably still would have found his, himself in the same position. That was always a rub on Darwin was, I think, last year when he had some great games. I don't think a lot of those games were part of the game plan. I think he was kind of going off on it. Right. And I think Heath let that happen last year because... Because it worked. Because it worked. (laughs) We were winning some games, right? And we needed to win some games. He didn't have many other options, so you kind of had to 
write like, them that blank check. And we, we talked about this in the beginning of the year, and I, I, we brought this up, was that Darwin would have to learn to play not as the top guy this year, right. but as a part of a team. Exactly. Not as the main guy, but as part of a team. And right. I don't think he really fit into that this year with Adrian Heath. Well, you know, I think when you somehow manage to become the face of a team, mm-hmm. and then that gets taken away, or, well, not necessarily taken away, but divvied right. out, mm-hmm. it, you know, that can be a shock, I think. Yeah. Um, I can, you know, as a fan, you know, we're all fans, of course, but uh, I'll, I'll certainly miss him. And he was a big part of that transition from a team, you know, that yeah, was right. giving up seven oh, yeah. goals and finishing near yep. the bottom of the yeah. West to having finally the success in the third year. He made it exciting. He, I mean, how many times in 2017 was he was the only person we had to talk about? It was game oh, right. after game. Yeah. What was the bright spot? Well, yeah, Darwin Gintero. Yeah, Darwin Gintero. I know right. he, he had his ups and downs, but, I mean, he, he provided that spark and that excitement going into the third year, I think, that yeah. really made for a good transition. So I'll miss him for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think so, too. Yeah. And it, he seemed to embrace Minnesota. Um, he really did, yeah. Yeah. His family seemed to enjoy it. He's got a couple of young kids who I think we're pretty happy to be here and kind of get into a new environment. So Yeah, yeah wasn't he the uh, Grand Marshal in the Aquatennial Parade yes. this yes. past season? That yep. was fun. He really yep. enjoyed that, at least from mm-hmm. looking from the outside in. It looked like mm-hmm. he did. Yep. So. Yeah. He, uh, this season, he kind of shied away from the media a little bit, but he was definitely getting more involved in community, like Aquatennial, um, I think we saw him at Timberwolves games a few times with some oh, yeah. of the other guys. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was ready to just kind of live in the moment for whatever time he had left here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so Darwin's gone. Uh, we also lost another player in the expansion draft. Yes. So yes, we did. let's talk about that. Uh, we the very first pick. The very first pick. <laughs> which I'm not actually shocked after I saw the list come out of who we actually protected, who we didn't protect. Um, I knew that uh, Dinlotti would go in this draft when he wasn't protected because he's a young guy, he's a young yeah. forward. Everybody's looking for young forwards who have potential, and this guy has potential. He hasn't found it yet, but he has potential. Now, yeah. Did, did uh, Miami trade with Nashville to acquire that? For, wasn't there a swap of picks? I don't recall. Okay, I didn't pay that close point. attention to it. Uh, yeah, I just kind of looked at the end result, okay. basically. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think I I liked Abu. I mean, he had such raw talent. Yes. But we just reached a point to where we couldn't address that anymore, I think. I think yeah. we were, year four, we need to have, you know, proven players that, I mean, unless they're draft picks, I suppose. But players that have been on our roster for a while, we need to have proven players that we don't have to spend resource, time resources on. Right. right. And so, for me, it's like, I really hope he excels. Yeah. At Nashville. I I mean, I think he's got that opportunity to uh, grow again, and maybe that's just a change of landscape. I think just a change in system will help him out quite a bit. I mean, this year when he wasn't injured, he was pretty much on the bench or used in situations where he really had to be the guy who would make, you know, the single play happen. 
and he's he's not that kind of player. You have no. to let him work it out for 90 minutes, not mm-hmm. send him in as a super sub in the 85th minute and then be mad when he doesn't score. That's right. So right. I think uh, going to an expansion team will be good for him because they'll be able to build a system around all these players who they're bringing on, and it looks like he'll be a good fit with that list that they have and uh, some of the players that they've already signed to bring up from USL. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting in the beginning of the year. I mean, you looked at the, the forward spot, and you said, okay, well, you got Angelo, then Dunlotti, and then Toy. And Toy yeah. really, like, during the course of the year, really surpassed Dunlotti. Yes. And then surpassed Angelo. Yeah. Right. So you saw this big hit, and you go, oh, crap, what's going to happen with Dunlotti now? And yeah. the writing was on the wall at that point. You can't have two young forwards at this Right. At this point. Pretty much, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, it would have been interesting to see where Dunlady would be right now if he didn't, you know, run into those early injury, you know, yeah, concerns. But. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I saw, I saw somebody. I feel like it was Jeff Ruder, um, make a comment of how we ignored his injury issues in college. Yes, he definitely yeah. spent a lot of time on the bench in college as well. Yeah. So, and so. It's, it's not shocking right. that his first three years in MLS ended up being this way. I mean, uh, now I have to fully admit, I don't pay attention to college soccer. So, uh, I, you know, it, I, it is I what it is. I think the hope was that they could get him better with MLS resources. Yeah. More so than a college program could. You know, they're willing to spend the money on him, get him to the right doctors. Sure. He spent... I think it was last off season he spent in Europe training oh, yeah, that's right training completely off the ball and just working on building up a little muscle to prevent those injuries sure which definitely helped him a little bit this season but not enough right so yeah. I mean it, again it's one of those kind of lost young talent things it happens right. in all pro sports you yep. get a young guy and it doesn't work out for you and a lot of times he goes to a new system and he Turns into something, yeah. and then people exactly. get pissed off that we didn't keep them, and we'll see that on Twitter in like two years. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you know, Minnesota's, Minnesota's <laughs> in a you know, especially after this past season, they're in a win now kind of situation, yeah. and um, not that Dinlotti couldn't help that, but certainly you've got a player that was able to advance a little bit further in toy, and we'll see what else happens at that position. But yeah, and it, you know, with that, I mean, when you look at who we're without making any moves. Um, when you look at what we're doing in 2020, now we have Toy and Angelo. I would have to think that Toy has at least a slight edge over Angelo, right? For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you have the situation where Toy can come in, the entire defense is out. Right. And then at the end of the game, you can bring Angelo in and kind of beat the crap out of him. Well, and, and from Hopefully. our there's there's <laughs> at least at the, at, at the very least there's certainly speculation out there that Angelo Rodriguez won't even be back next year. What, how do you feel yeah. about that? Well, um, true. I'm, yes. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that too, and I it's definitely a possibility. More than likely, I would think we use him as probably a trading piece. I mean, he still has value out there, and for yeah. other teams that are trying to build that up, he, he'd work for some systems. Again, this system's not really built for him what we have going here it was for a short period of time right yeah but uh what he does doesn't exactly work every single match don't and it's no um, it does not not at all (laughs) uh so i think he's good to have and he's good for you know when we had two guys kind of fighting for that spot i think it was good to have 
yeah. kind of the old guy, the veteran up mm. there helping out. But I, I don't think they need that anymore. Yeah, I could see them keeping him around, just you know, on the bench, just I, I, having somebody. I with feel experience, like, but yeah, I feel like he would work really well if we ran a four four two, because then he, you've yep. got that other complementary striker, yeah. yeah, that can, you know, he can kind of hold it up, and that That's, other guy yeah. can play off. Of it him. was nice to have the change of pace, especially uh, earlier this season when Toy would come in maybe as a kind of a later substitution yeah. when you needed a, you know, a runner yeah. out there with some speed. He could just yeah. sprint up there, yeah. even if he left Angelo, and he could hold up the ball for a little bit, draw attention away yeah. from yeah. the striker. But I mean, because if there's one thing Angelo was good at, oh. He could hold that ball up. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it, I mean, if if you can find a system for him, I mean, it, it's one of those talents that I don't think people really think about right. because it's off the ball or it's it's on the ball, but it's not necessarily contributing to anything. Right. But right. yet, you know, that was my biggest complaint with uh, Christian Ramirez was that if you put the ball to him, if he turned his back to goal. He just fell over when somebody came That's, up yeah. to challenge him, mm-hmm. yep. and he just didn't have that that strength. And man, Angelo, That's, sometimes it seems like he's got two I, guys. On I him. watched. I don't remember which game it was, but I remember distinctly seeing him just stop, like just outside the eighteen, set his foot down on the ball, and literally just stood there for thirty seconds, literally holding the ball and waiting while somebody came up for him to pass it to. Yeah. And the defenders didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. He's just standing there with the ball. They don't know where he's going with it. And yeah. He just stood there and stared him down and then tapped a pass over to somebody else. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a goal, but if it had been, that would have been <laughs> the strangest yeah. assist I had ever seen. But right. <laughs> he had a, he has a good uh, – that skill is like his greatest skill, right? Yeah. And, it, you know, you, you have to think if he's paired with the right striker or he's got the right complementary pieces yeah. around him, you know, and that was a big thing with Darwin. Those two never seemed to really gel no, well. Right. That so was, it's like that. That's what upset me the most about that combination was I always thought that combination could work well if they could get on the same page. Right. With right. kind of Darwin sprinting around and Angela holding the ball, waiting for Darwin to kind of yep. make a move, and Darwin getting open space and being able to put the ball in the net. But that never happened. No. Right. You know. There, there were definitely pairs that you could see kind of clicked right off the bat. I think it was Angelo and Dunlady, oh, yeah. and then Quintero and Toy were yeah, usually Quintero good. And Toy were good. But uh, Toy and Angelo actually worked pretty well together too. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that they're going. But yeah, and it's one of those things where he's he'll be thirty-two next year. Yes, mm-hmm. um, international spot. You know a decent salary. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't really put that on the bench, I don't think. Right. Because Well, they, they did buy him down a bit. Yeah. Um, in order to use him that way this season, because they knew he wasn't going to be a starter for the most part. So. Sure. I mean, I'd be okay with him hanging on to him. I would be okay with him getting rid of him. He's another one of those... He works in certain situations, yeah. but he's not the guy that you need to have on exactly. the field. Speaking of losing somebody else, <laughs> now yes. why did we lose? <laughs> and now Dunlady? this has been well. If you spent at least a day total this week on Twitter, yes. probably Thursday. This has been, been like sho- yes, this, this has been shoved down yep. the throat. 
Well, I just, I just, as we're talking about, so this past Thursday, I believe it was, was the the kind of the deadline day to renew or or to, to accept player options for next yep. year going right. into 2020. So there was and, uh, the roster had to be kind of finalized more or less going into the uh, redraft and free agency periods here in the offseason. Roster had to be finalized. Then uh, Batman has left Metropolis, boys. Well, to, to be Correct. fair, let's they they just declined to. Take his option. Batman has year. left Metropolis, Dave. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still gonna hold out the hope. Batman has he left has Metropolis. Said his and the team has said goodbyes. Yes. Okay, <laughs> we've said our goodbyes. It's goodbye. It's, it's it's the uh, what what do we have our optimistic Dave. What was that? Uh, optimistic yes. and. Uh, I don't remember what the dreaming Dave. I'm dreaming Dave. Dave. I am dreaming yes. Dave today. Downer Dave. I will Downer leave Dave. out. There is a small possibility that he could pass through next early next week's uh, reentry draft. I, for under three hundred and thirty thousand, yes, yes, I don't know. Yeah. There are lots of teams who I think want this guy. And yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. To be fair, yeah. I, like I said, I'm being optimistic, but yeah, you're right. So but, they declined his option as well as a few others. And of but, course, this wouldn't hurt so much for this team. If it wasn't. One of the original NASL members, right? Like Superman was, right? And uh, again, people are going to be upset about it because he came with us and everything like that. But the, the fact of the matter is, he wasn't playing this year, and he was in. He was in. He's was, was he in his doghouse, Bridget? I mean, was he? Oh, he, from from day one. Yeah, yeah. From day one, I. I, I yeah, it's um. Heath had said he had so many possibilities and things to build on, but he really never got a chance. Yeah. And I well, think... Look, go ahead. I, no, I'm sorry. I, I think I you're was, going the same direction. I, I think I am, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he had, he did, and I know I said this before, but he had his opportunities earlier this year. Through the first half of the season, I would say, or at least a third of the season, he had his opportunities. He was out there, and unfortunately for him and his fans, he, he did not take, but make the also, most of his But he wasn't in his right position. That's that's the yeah. thing. I mean, we we can talk all we want about his numbers this year, but if you're going to throw the guy into positions where oftentimes he was the only one making those runs, he was the only guy running box-to-box box and trying to make those things happen, and if that's the guy who misses, you can't really put that all on him. Yeah. yeah and yeah, we yeah. saw the same thing with Finley. Finley, it was the exact same situation. When he was out there, he'd be the one going box-to-box, box. He might have whiffed on a couple balls, but we wouldn't have needed to worry about that had the forwards maybe put one or two in the net. Sure. So, you know, I think one of the big things for me was, you know, you have way back, I think, I think it was 18. There are a few moments where Miguel actually found himself on the right side. Yep. And it, you could see the flashes of yeah, definitely. what he was supposed to be. Yeah. Because he obviously favors his right foot. Yeah. And he is a speed demon when he's in his go and he works. His engine just continues to run yeah. over and over. And it was always like, well, there he is. Yeah. And then the very next game, he'd be on the You'd left. forget that he's out there because yeah. he's stuck on the left wing somewhere. And, yeah. and it, you know, it's... I, I've argued multiple times about his numbers this year, justifying the fact that we let him go. But you're right. I mean, it's when he's doing all that work in the wrong position, you know, it kind of happens. It's hard to 
it's hard to say that those numbers are representative of what he is, right? Yeah. But, you know. I mean, obviously he's not going to change whatever system he's trying to fit right. everyone into. Exactly. So it would happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, then you have to, I suppose you can bring up the point, well, why do we have three guys that are technically right-wingers? I mean... That's- well, that's you know. yeah. That that's the thing with the Houston trade. We bring in Marlon Harrison, who is described in almost the exact same terms as everyone has said about Miguel Ibarra. Yep. So we're we're dumping him because we don't want to pay his three hundred thirty thousand, and then we're picking up a younger guy who hasn't seen as much playing time. He's been around for a few years. Houston, Colorado. He hasn't gotten the the time to really show what he can do. But everyone who's seen him is describing him exactly the same way, and it's how are you going to utilize him when you couldn't utilize Ibarra? And if then it's, we go and protect Molino, yep. who plays on the right. Yep. And now, and we have Finley who plays on the right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we. This, yeah. It was actually surprising. I mean, I had to look it up. I looked it up when I first heard about the trade. I mean, just because I had not heard of Harrison's name before, but he's yeah. he's been in M- MLS since 2014 with the Rapids. Yeah. So he's a young player. He's still only 25 years old, yeah. but he's been in the league for quite a few years now. Yeah. So, Bridget, here's a question. You know, is there a chance that with uh, Chacon being as young as he is, do you think Heath is going to say, okay, I'm going to put Molino at the 10? And I'm going to have Chacon come in and learn and sub in and get his bearings. So then he only has Finley and Hairston to deal with on the right? Or am I just completely out on all in? It's definitely a possibility. We know that Heath is protecting Molino at all costs. Right. Oh, yeah. He was on, on the protected list right away. That, that was the one name that you didn't really have to... Right. to think about. Uh, it was always going to be either him or Finley. Um, but he... Molino has shown he can work on the right wing. He's also played that 10 spot a few times right? and been pretty solid. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot to work with those times, but he was pretty good with what he had. Uh, and we know with Chacon, he's, Heath is going to take that slow. He's right. not just going to throw him out there. He's going to try to develop him. And I think that Molino is probably the best bet uh, to groom him into that position yeah. and get him comfortable there so that he can be like a regular figure there. Uh, quick question about Chacon. Is he old enough to drive? Because I saw a picture of him. Was it on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, it was his girlfriend. With his girlfriend? She was taking the picture and he was driving. Is he old enough to drive? He's... Well, he turned 19, 19 he? the yeah. day that yeah. he flew so up. He can, so yeah. I was, I'm, I'm not sure what the, the laws are. <laughs> I was just saying he looks a lot younger than he actually he, well, yeah, yeah, he does. And yeah. Yeah, that exact picture. Yeah. And no offense to Tom. I mean, it, uh, but he was, the wheel was like <laughs> kind of up. And obviously no one can see what I'm doing, but it it was like up at his forehead. So I, I just yeah. looked into it. So in Uruguay, um, as long as you can see over the wheel, you can drive. <laughs> oh, it's okay. legal. Well, then so. that's not a good. So thing. he's just barely there. Barely. Uh, so you got some <laughs> giant like five year olds in Uruguay driving cars. Yeah, well, Apparently. You know. Too many well, uh, the funny thing is, he Miguel is the one who really took him under his wing. Yeah. Was like living with him and driving him around. They carpooled. 
Miguel's not a big guy. Right, he drives around in the little Jeep with a lift kit that he probably needs a ladder to get into. <laughs> but, so I, I would give anything for photos of the two of them getting oh, up into a Jeep. But, that'd be a great photo. But, <laughs> no, I forgot that he drives He drives that Jeep. That's yeah. right. It's a blacked out yep. Jeep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fellow Jeep owner. Yes. I, I, props to that. <laughs> um, before we get into the break... We want to talk a little bit because Bridget's here, and we talked about the uh, changes in the front office last podcast. But yeah, now Bridget's here, and she's got a little more insight about <laughs> what's going on. We had our own thoughts about what's happening. I think our right. thoughts were Heath is getting more control over the the, the the first team in general and signings and things like that. And, uh, and, and we looked at it as, well, at least I did, as basically the, the ownership rewarding yeah. uh, Heath. And Manny is kind no, that of, could be that's speculation, of course. But it, yeah. uh, it's definitely not a promotion for Manny. No, I can say that for sure. Um, is it kind he, of a? It's kind of a sidestep. Isn't it, it? It's really a lateral movement for all of them, to be honest. Okay. I don't. I don't really see it as a big step for Heath getting more control there. I think it's more. It's almost like a test run, is how I see it. Okay. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. It, you have the system that you're dreaming of. You have these plans, your three-year plan. Maybe hasn't come to fruition yet. Let's see what you can do with it. Um, and kind of give him that just a little free reign to really do what he wanted it to become. Right. Um, without having Manny and Amos McGee and those guys so kind of overseeing it. Do you think... Do you think it's a bit damning for Manny, the fact that, again, I would agree it's a lateral move, but yeah. now that he's been removed from the ability to really scout and have right. decisions in the first team, do you think that's a little damning to him? Like, Possibly. Did he make yeah. a few yeah. too many mistakes? I Yeah, I would say that's a fair analysis. Um, yeah, giving more of that control to uh, to Amos and the Watson, yeah. I think is showing that maybe they weren't all on the same page. Manny probably had his own ideas aside from Keith and his group oh, yeah. about what was happening. Oh yeah. Um, and you know we saw that in every one of those slightly mysterious signings, where right. it's like, okay, you can talk all you want about what you saw in Europe one time, but how did how is that translating to yeah. your team? And I, it, I think that's definitely. And, and, and there's our dog barking. There's our dog barking for we, we the podcast, get a few everybody. Of those. It was about time. Really, about time. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because there's at least one of us on this podcast that's Scandinavian, Dave's never really talked about what he is. I'm uh, I'm not Scandinavian, but I'm, I'm I've got a little bit of everything. I'm mostly English, Irish, German, and uh, okay. Czech, you're Czech a mutt, bohemian. And, Very and, much a mutt. So yeah. Tony is Finnish, right? And part Finnish, yeah. yeah. Same. Um, okay, so I don't want to make this an insult to you. <laughs> um, I'm going to reword this. I think this. I know where you're going <laughs> with this. Yeah, you're back <laughs> up a little bit. He hates all the Finsley signs. Is there a chance, then, that Manny potentially had a significant say in the Scandinavian players that have not lived up to anything, really. Um, right, I mean, because Demidov, Demidov is Scandinavian. Uh, 
Schuler. Schuler's Scandinavian. Obviously, Lude, I'm giving him some leeway because he's new. That's, that's early, yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like there are more Scandinavians. Tia Sohn, if you want to go further but back. Was, but he, was, he was good. Yeah. 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 I, I think like Manny's him. wife is Scandinavian. That's why he's going to see those. You know. Well, you know, he, I mean, he I was always... definitely like the lead scout when it came yeah. to scouting. Northern oh yeah, Europe. yeah. You know, and especially yes. Demidov was—he was our first, first? non-NASL signing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, is he just going Scandinavian because it's Minnesota, and we're sorry, I'm not. Uh, Minnesotans are majority Scandinavian and well, make everybody feel good. That's the thing. It's like, and, and Bridget, you'll agree with me on this, is is that I think that when you bring in these guys from Scandinavian, you get a lot of people here who are Scandinavian, and yeah. they're like, oh, Scandinavian oh, hey, soccer hey. team. Oh, great. And me and Scandinavian go, yeah, it's great he's Scandinavian, but Scandinavians don't play great soccer. <laughs> they're <laughs> hockey people. They're not soccer people. Well, I, th- yeah. I think part of it was it was an untapped market. Yes, They're not yeah. competing with 20 other scouts from various yeah, leagues yeah. for a South American, yeah. um, sure, yeah, which yeah. is where Amos and Watson tend to yeah, look, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, but we kind of saw a little bit what was thought of as the rise of Scandinavian soccer with Iceland and now Finland going sure. to Euros and sure. all right. of that. I mean, they're yeah. not... You might not hear about them all the time, but they're not horrible. They've had players in Premier League and elsewhere. Right. So and I think it was just a an untapped yeah. market that they thought there's some raw talent out there. We can develop them and mold them into our system. But if you can only play soccer like two weeks out of the year outside, <laughs> I mean, how are you going to get how are you going to work done? You know, it's, it's not that much different I'm kidding, than here. I'm kidding, but, kidding. Uh, they're they're the hardened players. They like, are the hardened just, players. They're yes. out there training on ice. That's not right. Like, yeah. That's right. They're <laughs> training on ice. <laughs> They're playing more like a version of broom ball and That's, soccer. Yeah. yeah, They basically were training during uh, like the Surly Boot Tournament from the last few right, years. Yes. That yeah. that was their year-round training yeah. right yeah, there, yeah. and that's yeah. Which yeah. side note? Props to Finland for making uh, Euros. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's first time. I mean, yeah. of course they had to beat Liechtenstein to do it. But. Liechtenstein, who <laughs> scored two goals during the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Whee! But it's still, it's the first time. That's yeah. that's it's a big, big deal. News, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, we've got for sure one player. I will, who will say be playing in the Euros. Yes. I will say I was one of those Minnesotans when Schuler was signed. I posted on Facebook that I had somebody to cheer for who was from Finland. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't think Schuler was really. That bad. Uh, I mean, it, it's just again. It, I mean, it was one of everybody those... was bad, and he happened to yes, relatively speaking, the relatively obvious one yeah. at times. And it, you know, we always had our comments about the robot. Kind of didn't know what he was. Yeah, surely was a robot. But he was also not playing in. He was a wing. He was playing as a winger when he's not a winger. But yeah, Finns are kind of robots themselves. I mean, Finns. You know, that's the way it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. I think this is a good time to break. Yeah. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to Bridget a little more about what she does with uh, MLS Female. Yes. Right? Uh, also going to have a weird news story and a final piece, an ode to our first, first. and number one fan. Uh, so we'll be back here in a little bit.
decided to stay long. We didn't uh, offend her in any way uh, <laughs> in the first half. Even though David brought up uh, stuff about the Finns, but it's all right. Um, we're, of course, still drinking their fantastic ciders. Yes. Um, I got the, uh, the Fat Bike, which is a uh, kind of a holiday type of mold. What is it, Dave? It's like a mold. Uh, mold apple, yeah. Mold apple cider. With, hey, the holiday season right around the corner. It's, it's got, and, and it's, it is nice for the holiday season because it's got the touch of uh, cinnamon and nutmeg, which you can there obviously you tell. It, it, it's tasty. It's like a, it, it reminds you maybe of like if you drink like a warm apple cider. Not that this yeah. is warm, yeah. but it gives you that uh, sense, I suppose. By the way, before we just side, turned on my radio, got in the car today to drive here. My radio was on uh, Cool 108. And they started playing their Christmas music already. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Cool one away. Well, I mean, you, we could get in a debate as when you should start, but I mean, mm. wouldn't uh, early <laughs> early November or maybe no, 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 a few no, days no, before no, Halloween? After Thanksgiving. So <laughs> Black Friday. That's it. So uh, Corey Burrington had a picture on Facebook. True North Elite, if people don't know, uh, he had a picture of a car. With antlers sticking out of the side windows, oh. and it, it said something like, "This is why people hate Christmas," or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like they they it was uh, it said something else about the timing of putting it up. I don't remember. It was like yeah. before Thanksgiving or something. You, like that. you know, I used to be in the camp where I said, "Okay, put up your decorations, get your tree, start listening to Christmas music, do all that after Thanksgiving." Yeah, but then well, I that's kind what of it is. But I kind of realized that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas just flies by. I mean, it's so fast. It's so fast. So if yeah, you don't get into you it have sooner, the decorations <laughs> up at a shorter amount of time. Yeah, That's right. You know, I, I just, you're kind of catching me right at that teetering point. I, I kind of want to lean the other way and go earlier. Not maybe before Halloween, but certainly once daylight saving time, daylight savings time But that's ends. like, that's getting earlier and earlier. It yes, is. it is. I, I mean, it's I get the outside decorations because it's nice out. Yeah. So, you know, don't wait. Right. Yeah. I mean, there have been times I've waited till the weekend of Thanksgiving, and it's, it's shitty. But yeah. don't, I mean, don't turn stuff on. Don't put a Christmas tree up. <laughs> oh. It's, it's full-blown in my neighborhood. I'm telling you. That's just, it's ridiculous. So, cool one away. Uh, you lose you lose my listenership for another well not a month now because I'm not going to be turning on your channel anymore. I'm done. <laughs> so Dave, what cider do you have? What's that? I, you know, it's easy because I'm also drinking the fat bulk. Because I just wanted to get into that holiday spirit and continue that, uh, which I have been in since basically Halloween. So oh, I'm just going to let it roll. No, but yeah, it, it, it is, it, like I described, the way I described it, it is kind of refreshing. It's something you could probably drink all year, but it's especially yeah. nice here in the colder months for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. David, what'd you get? So I, I got the uh, Burnout, oh, hey. which is cucumber and habanero. It tastes like cucumber and habanero. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's really cucumbery. It's very fresh. And then you swallow it. And about two seconds later, it hits your throat, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's peppers in that. Yeah. It's good. A little slow burn effect. Yeah. Going. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What about you, Bridget? Uh, I got the hop really just kind of a not too sweet, just a little hoppy and kind of a clean beer taste. Cool. There you go. Well, again, I want to thank Social Cider Works for coming, letting us come out here today. I want to thank uh, Steve coming on the uh, 
podcast. Yep. I want to thank Alex for uh, actually getting back to me on emails. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a great place, Northeast Minneapolis. They got food truck every day, and they've got a nice group of people. Got a nice got crowd. Very yeah. nice. You know what it is, crowd. though. You know what it is. There's no Vikings game today. And there's no Packers game. There's no Packers game. Packer, Packer fan. Packer fan. Packer fan. Packer fan. Well, your Packers play at 7 o'clock. That's true. So come over here, have some cider, get a little, you know, buzzed up before the game. <laughs> you know. It, it's they're playing the 49ers, game. so they may need to oh, be. Oh, that's right. Not to um, go into throw ball at all. But. <laughs> so, coming out of the break here, we wanted to uh, talk to Bridget a little bit more about what she does for MLS Female. Um, how that works out for you. What, what that kind of entails. Um, yeah, when did they yeah. start it? Uh, it's been going for, I've been doing it for two years. I believe they've been going for a year before that. So this, this was the third full season. Um, started by a couple of gals who, they have a American football site as well. Um, I believe that's called Our Turf Football. Okay. Find that. They also cover NASCAR. Okay. So it's it's all um, women who started off as fans of the game. Yeah. Um, had maybe been writing a little bit about the game beforehand, but you know we we try to bring kind of a different perspective to it, uh, yeah. being all women and then having that fan background rather than the straight up journalist background. Right. Um, but more than I think more than half of our current squad has media credentials, so nice. we're covering from the press box, going to press conferences, as much of those things as we can. Uh, to get that information. So, so do you do you get media credentials then? I do have credentials. Yeah. So you yeah. get to be under, I guess, under the stadium kind of ish after the game. Yep. Talk so to people. We, yep. We go down for the the post match press conference with Heath, and then move into the locker room for. We'll usually make two or four players available. Okay. It depends on how the game goes and. Who's factored in? Who's the player you like to interview the most? Or maybe who is the best one? There are a few this year. Um, Vito Minone was always great. Uh, Michael Boxall. Um, even the rookies have been really great this year. Chase Gasper and Hassani Dotson. Dane St. Clair. I remember we interviewed... All those guys, their very first game, which was the international friendly, okay. actually. But uh, they were all, it's like they had come straight from MLS Press 101 or something. Eye contact with every single person in the scrum, nice. taking their time to answer questions, answer honestly. It's It's been a really good group of guys this year. So, that stuff, so. I'm a bit of a Friends fan. Okay. When you say eye contact... You remind me of an episode when Ross is uh, going to do a a presentation and he practices on him and he reads a card and then he stares at somebody <laughs> and he reads a card and he stares at somebody else. So was it like that or did they do a very good? No, it was like a like a conversational. They were interested in talking to you okay. and you know it was much like we're sitting here right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you get some guys. Uh, first one that comes to mind would be Calvo who, you know, they might stare directly into the camera and, you know, they want to make their yeah. point and make their mark for that day, but they don't really care who's holding that microphone or the camera. Oh, interesting. But, uh, 
no, almost everyone in the locker room this year has been great about that and genuinely like wanting to answer questions yeah. and you know tell them tell you how they feel about the match and how they think things went. So well, I mean, very. Yeah. Vito seems like I mean not just because he's Italian, he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Yes. Oh, I mean, and if you follow yes. him on social media, you certainly you certainly get that appearance. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to meet him briefly at the uh, state fair, which That's was right, really yes. cool. Yeah. For, he, completely friendly, and actually, Dane was with him, I think, that day. And, uh, yeah. He's usually like the first interview. He was almost always like the last one to, you know, get ready to. A lot of them will have to wait while they shower, maybe get ready to leave and all of that and then we get to talk to him after they've had, kind of had that time to wind down yeah. he was always the very first interview nice. like he'd, he'd be ready to go and say alright I haven't really processed the game yet but yeah let's let's sit and talk about this and we'll kind of discuss it. I love this guy <laughs> even more now <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Box was the same way so yeah. Nice. yeah so do you think that, uh, um, spe- specifically MLS female. Do you think it's it's helped uh, kind of increase the awareness that there are women who are good at reporting on sports, right. who are you know fans of yes. sports? Uh, you know, I think the cool thing about soccer has always been that it's very inclusive. Yes, it's it's very different yeah. from the other sports. But yeah. um, do you think that it's done? this has done well at kind of increasing the awareness that you know i mean women can do these things just as well as men yeah we get we get a lot of feedback from people across the league and even internationally who you know they're looking for nls stories and maybe they don't want just something that's you know covering stats and like you know your post-game numbers that a lot of a lot of the reporters have which is definitely a part of sports journalism but there's a whole lot more there um and we you know we we pride ourselves in kind of introducing new people to the game um people who wouldn't normally be attracted to it because it is so like you do still see in some places like that bro culture you know and it's it'll be a long time before we get away from that i think but you know, we're just slowly getting people who are like, you know, I was never really interested because it was always, like, guys who were on the football beat and then they'd, like, also cover a little soccer and, you know, but we're, we're in there as fans and as people who want to bring that, we're unbiased as well. I mean, obviously, we all come from particular teams and that's where our sure. interest started. Um, but, yeah, it's, we're actually, um, we have some exciting new things coming. We're actually rebranding. Uh, and in order to kind of increase that audience and continue that movement of getting more women interested, um, for for a while, uh, Meg Ryan and I were the only women in the press box. Okay. Um, she covered for Star Trib. Uh, now she's on the Gopher Beat. Uh, so it's myself and Ashley Nordling, who's with E Pluribus Lunum. Yep. We're the only two women in there, and it's. But it's been, you know, talking to some of my colleagues at MLS Female, some of the press boxes maybe aren't as friendly to that. Uh, you know, one woman will tend to stand out a little bit and maybe sure. kind of be set apart, but I've never felt that uh, with this with this club, with this front office and the press box. Um, it's been a great environment for, for all of us. So. 
keep growing. So. I mean, and that was going to be my next question. I was, I was going to ask, you know, how has MNUFC been in terms of bringing you in, being yeah. inclusive? And yeah, they've been really welcoming. Uh, you know, obviously they want as many different people as they can covering the club. Sure. Um, and with the move to Allianz, at TCF, the press box was huge because it's built for football where you have all the staff upstairs and, you know, international news coverage. Um, at Allianz, it's like 12 seats set aside for press. Um, and to be one of the few people getting up there uh, was a huge privilege and honor for us. Um and it's you know they're they're welcoming of as many voices as they can get uh, covering the team. So, um, one quick question for you: the press box. What kind of free food do you get? <laughs> as you as you've maybe seen from Twitter, we we have nacho bar. Yes, nacho, quite a lot. Nacho yes. bar. Like, you, haven't seen, you haven't seen that? I haven't seen nacho. So, so, oh, so Jeff Reuter has yeah. like running stats of how the team does based on what kind of nachos are served. Oh, I've seen, um, I've seen I've, that. And they've actually, like, if you watch some of the broadcasts, I mean, uh, they, you'll see them yeah. like Cal. Or, oh, yeah. Cal and then and we'll Ruben run into them before the match. Like, yeah. Pre-game. You watch the pre-game. I don't right? watch the pre-game. Well, you got to start watching the pre-game. Yep. Uh, Jamie Watson is notorious for going back for, like, thirds or fourth <laughs> servings. And That's why he gave us gum down in Atlanta. He's He's yeah, probably so used to yep. yes, yep. He's probably so used Son to having to cover his breath. No, we yep. met we met Jamie in Atlanta. We went to yeah. the hotel where they're at and we started talking to him. He gave us all gum and took some gum. Because he had free game nachos. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, yeah. And he's, that was the, he's usually like the first one in line up there. Oh, I mean he has to he has to chow it down it and then get down down his pitch. Lot, but I mean yeah. I felt like he was maybe trying to hint at us that we had bad breath. <laughs> Because it was literally like, oh, you guys want some gum? Uh, yeah. And to be fair, I think that was actually probably it. Because you know, this we're we're talking about Allianz Field here, not the road venues that we had. So wait, so you're saying he thought we had? Beer. I think I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had beer breath. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. We, well, yeah. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Nacho bar. I've never heard about that. Now, what do they have for beverages? I mean, we're talking like. I mean, we're probably talking pop and they're, coffee and tea. Yeah, they've, they've got, you know, they serve Pepsi as well, just like the rest of the stadium. Okay. So there's there's your Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Sprite, or whatever the Pepsi version of that is. Um, they do serve very good coffee up there. Ooh. Sierra Mist, I think, yes, is the yes, Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good coffee. Um, yeah, it's the occasional post-match wine or beer. Nice. So is it usually in celebration? So. so the wine would that be? Oh, he's favorite is Pinot Grigio, right? I think I should not know this. So. I don't know why. Uh, well, he gets he gets his own bottle that that he shares. Those stories came out that um, he likes to share a bottle with the opposing yeah. coach sometimes. But um, see, what was it? Uh, I think they were serving a rosé. Uh, after the Portland match, one of the uh, Portland that matches. Makes sense. Yep. Makes yep. Sense. Um, City. I th- that might have been the first match where they started doing that, actually. So they, you know, you have the cooler of Pepsi, and then at the very back is a wine bottle, chilling Ooh. for post game. And it's, uh, oh, we're, all right, there you let's, go. let's nice. do this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, what, what steps do you think are still necessary to? 
you know, bring more women into the fold. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, first off, making it more accessible. Sure. Obviously. Um, one of the problems with uh, journalism and writing of any kind in general right now is that's that's always like the you know entry level role but five years experience required you know if you look for jobs like that um so with mls female we try to be kind of that that first step in the door um where maybe you didn't think it was possible but to kind of give you that route to to develop that um and i think just we just need it to be normalized i think a lot of it is like a a stigma that you know men aren't going to be welcoming to you in in the press box that some people are just intimidated by that which is definitely understandable um for myself having grown up most of my friends were guys i you know all my friends from college were guys i worked with a bunch of guys so it doesn't really phase me so much but i know that you know a lot of women maybe being the only woman in the room is kind of intimidating for them so just in general you know in societal terms you need to make that more of a normal thing um and i think it'll come uh just being given a platform is huge cool yeah um so you said that you had to take a step back a bit from forward madison coverage yeah how much how much were you able to do i mean do you have a lot of insight into what happened this year uh do you plan on doing it next year i hope to do it next year um i was able to i think the first couple matches of the season i was able to write recaps from afar i wasn't able to to get down there to actually go to games to introduce myself to people and um they've been really they've been really good about responding to requests obviously they're getting a lot of publicity uh, partly because of their social media presence um so they have a lot of people covering them and they're they're very gracious to everyone who wants to cover them um, so I'll still every once in a while I'll shoot an email over there. Hey, can you give me a little insight on this? Um, especially with having some of our players on loan there, it was kind of implied in that coverage that you know I was covering them a little bit as well. And um, their their whole front office, from Coach Daryl Shore to to Kuba who handles press, um, they've been really great about you know partnering with us to get us that information that we need but i do hope to cover them a bit more get back on bgn more regularly um because of the coverage that we do uh we don't at mls female we're not paid right for the games that we cover i have a full-time job i work eight to five monday through friday makes it hard to do some of the traveling but um you know we're they're really gracious with whatever we can do. Sure. So, yeah. Cool. Are you going to buy one of their gravy boats? I mean, I might. I might have to. I mean, the gravy boat <laughs> league is a fantastic idea. I don't right? Know. I mean, seriously. And the, yeah. Who there was that? the gravy boat, and then there was the branded potato. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who does that? I, I mean, there is... Their social media and their it's marketing amazing. is spot on. Yes. I... 
Yeah, I can't stress it. Like, I, I hope, I assume, and I hope we'll get another chance to go back there to Madison oh, next yeah, year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Without was, Tony, of course. I, right. it, it Hold on. We no. enjoyed ourselves honestly, without you. I'm sorry. We, we, as you know, just a fan podcast, we reached out to the team and, and their yeah. their supporters groups, and boy, did they welcome yeah. us with open yes. arms. I mean, yeah. we yep. we did a podcast right in Madison with the supporters yeah. groups. That's and, awesome. Uh, they yeah. they brought us into their you know pregame rituals, and yeah. it was just fantastic to experience firsthand. I can't I can't yeah. wait to go back next year. And, yeah. and I, I I was going to wait to bring this up, but I mean, I, I I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I bought a, a flamingo onesie. That maybe I'll wear next. Oh, one next year. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. Oh, right. I want to see I'm, that. I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. now I have to. Go. I think it was after meeting. Uh, what's uh, what's the Leonardo de Bessi or? Oh, the the, uh, the cow. Bessie. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I can't think what her name is. It's yeah, Bessie. We'll go Bessie. Bessie, yeah. Bessie. Yeah. But yeah, she she really made an impression on me. That that whole experience, the whole game day atmosphere yep. was just fantastic. Uh, when was that? Like early? Was it was May or June? June. It was June that we made it down. It was June. There. Yeah. 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 My kid wasn't in school time. I wanted to go, and so we know. You were planning on going. I was planning on going, but my oldest daughter decided to have kidney stones that weekend. <laughs> but we were led to believe we'll have at least another year of that yeah. relationship. Right, yeah. it, it does look like that'll be continuing, yeah. yeah. So Which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, having a, a place like that that's close to the Twin Cities, it's Definitely. always it's always a great thing to have. Uh, yeah. That's what gets me about other sports, and I think MLB is actually trying to do this. They're going to rearrange their minor league system next year. Right, yeah. To be more closer and more so they're compact. not across the country. Exactly <laughs> right, right, yeah. And that's what they're saying that St. Paul yeah. Saints might become the AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, so they will that have would make somebody sense. that would be close. Yeah, it makes yeah. a ton of sense because then you know I don't without switching sports too much, but if you can go and look at some of your team's younger prospects, if you can drive across town as opposed to Rochester, New York, <laughs> right. or wherever else, and that's it what is. Madison has. I think you could take a weekend trip down to Madison yeah. and see some of these young guys. You know? Definitely, and we've done so so great in the Super Draft in the last year. You know, <laughs> I mean, come it's on, true. This is some yeah. of these guys. Yeah, I'll never get over the fact that I mean we watched we watched in person Mason Toy come in in the second half at Madison, you know, and later, you know, just a few days later he scored the game winner. I believe it was uh, against Houston in the U.S. Yes, Open Cup. Um, yep. so it was just to be able to see him, and then three days later, you know, watch him on TV yeah. scoring scoring the winning goal was just great. Yeah. So, how many games did you get down to see? Any? I wasn't able to get down there okay. for any. No. Well, you I got had like you. two or three planned. Yeah. But Things everyone fell through. So hopefully ne- as soon as that schedule comes out for next season, I'm going to lock them in and make it happen. Well, well you, you, you always come down on podcast. We can we go. <laughs> right. right. Always welcome. And check to see if One Barrel has any decent beers. That's where we did our Okay. That's where we did our podcast. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, the supporters are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, geez. Good place. Yeah. I've had quite a few of them reach out to me on Twitter and be like, "Hey, when you when you do get down here, we'll we'll let you know where we're meeting and let yep. us know what you want to talk about." We stayed at a really cheap hotel that yeah. was decent. Tony picked it out. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You picked it out, but didn't stay. Um, the the guy that does the uh, janitor work is phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I talked to him for like. I don't know, 25 minutes. <laughs> and it, 25 minutes? It, it, it was while well, David disappeared. 
for oh. a jog, I guess. That's right. Um, and it, I was sitting there. He he went in. I missed breakfast, and he went into the kitchen and found me sausages. Nice. He brought you sausages. And it, the guy sounds exactly like Louis Armstrong. Really? <laughs> he even sings. I mean, if we were wow. talking about it. I don't know how we got onto it. And he started singing. It's a it's a wonderful world. And I was like, "Good God!" It sounds like Louis Armstrong's like. Um, it's very cool. Um, I don't know what the name of that hotel was. It was. was Let me know, and I'll put that down. Yeah, it, it was right next to a High V, which is fantastic because I would have the Uber. Drop me there. off at the high V, and then I grab some food and then walk to the back. Of the I think it was the best Western. Yeah. Nice. Um, so Bridget, I just want to thank you uh, once again for coming on. Hey, thanks for having the me, podcast. guys. Uh, cool. I know that we've uh, we talked about this for I don't know. You've been talking with David for a while. And, yeah. Uh, we decided the off season would be the best time because I know you're busy with your you know eight to five job. We all. All of us have eight to five yeah. jobs. You have eight. We know how it is, you know. Uh, David, you wanted to bring up a short story about Christmas lights. Yes. Okay. So we kind of led to it already with the okay. holiday decorations. Um, so obviously this weekend's been fantastic. Yeah. So I was like, well, I should probably get the Christmas lights up. Yeah. And. So we we have a cathedral ceilings in our house, and so the peak is high-ish, yeah. and it's a split level, so it's it, it's like I don't know twenty five feet off off the ground, something like that. And we don't have an extension ladder big enough to get up to the peak, and we do these icicle lights from the peak. So I was like, well, I'll climb up on the roof and just hang over and, and staple the lights. Have you seen Sounds Christmas like Vacation? <laughs> I feel like I've heard yes. this story. So, I, I, I'm not a heights guy. Okay, I don't like heights. And I climb up on the garage, and I immediately start looking at the garage roof, and I'm like, man, these the roofers who fixed our roof two years ago sucked. And so I'm getting upset a little bit because I'm like, we need to get these guys out here and look at what they did because it's like that. So I'm, I'm getting upset. I'm dragging these icicle lights across the, across the roof. And if, if you have never dealt with icicle lights, they tangle so easily because you know they're hanging down and then they're on a strand. And they get all tangled up and then they get stuck on a shingle on the on the garage. Room. <laughs> And I'm just kind of like pulling at it, and all I can think of is slipping because it was earlyish in the morning. Yeah. Or like late morning, I guess it, I should say. And so the shade was still kind of frosty, and it, I'm like kind of tugging at it. I don't want to go back and get it. And all of a sudden, a bulb goes. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! What the hell is that gonna do? I'm like, all right. So I just I let that strand go. And I keep the other strand, and I, I walk across the garage room. And so I climb up onto the top. And so I'm at the peak. And now at this point, there's nothing this way down to my left. And then the height kicks in. And it, I'm like, 
okay, I can do this. I can do this. So I walked toward the edge, about five feet from the edge of the roof. And and I'm thinking, okay, this this side, if I fall, I just go into the corner, the crook of the roofs, and I'm fine. Yeah. This side I fall, I'm going <laughs> 20 feet down. And it, I froze. I completely froze. And so Sarah is down on the ground. She's holding Oliver, who is just a year old. And she's looking up at me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I I, I can't move. (laughs) She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I literally cannot move. I'm stuck. And so she's like, clearly, look on her face. It's like, you idiot, just... Stop being stupid and back off. And she's like, just walk backwards. And it, at this point, I had already started going down the slope. And I had set my phone down on one of the air vents. And it, I'm like, okay, now I had to back up. I have to reach down and get this, get my phone. And I've got the staple gun in my, in my coat pocket. And I was just, at this point, I'm like sweating. It's only like 38 degrees out, so the fact that I'm sweating is obnoxious. And it it took me like six minutes to finally maneuver myself away from the edge and back into the normal area where if I fell, I'd just, you know, like skin myself a few times. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That that's that's my story. So I then, mean, it was bad. <laughs> next year, you it. next year you're gonna have a company do this, then, right? That the deal. Well, so my neighbor yeah. had a ladder that could reach the peak. Okay. So that's what we're gonna do next. <laughs> oh yeah, next year. Next year, sorry. because uh, you know that that was way easier. <laughs> that's why I don't do that stuff, man. That's why I don't do it. Well, and you know, and the thing is, is even when you get the ladder. You know, you have the eave that sticks out like yeah. a foot and a half. Yep. So I'm up at the top, and I'm like leaning back <laughs> to try to staple. Yeah. And it, I felt the entire time, I felt like I was just going to fall off. It was... Yeah. Okay. Here's what you do. Like Reason I number do. one why I left Colorado. <laughs> yeah. You go to Target for 50 bucks. You buy one of those lighting things that light up your garage with the lights. Oh, yeah. Like it's I have. Light projectors. Yeah, there you go. It takes you two minutes to pull up, and then you're done for the... Wow, we have a lot of dogs today. Jeez. We're just in violence. We have dogs fighting, I think. Yes. Dog fighting. <laughs> you get one of those things, it takes you two minutes, and you're done for done until oh, Christmas is done, man. That's it. I mean, I think I want to just be redneck Alabama and not take them down. That's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, white icicle lights hanging all year? That shouldn't look that That's, bad, right? Nobody will see them in the summertime. No. It's Brooklyn Never. Park. It is Brooklyn. <laughs> but you're kind of in a kind of in a nicer neighborhood it's it's still Brooklyn Park yeah I, I get it yeah so that was my so point. you yeah you froze up and you yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm crazy sore because I climbed up and down a 20 foot ladder like eight <laughs> times <laughs> never well, would imagine that would be David we're glad you're still here and not have broken arms or anything like that right there would have also been no bushes to fall into had I fallen oh. like on Christmas vacation yeah that would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we'll go from your Christmas story down to uh, Florida. Yeah. 
Because you know all the good stories come from Florida. <laughs> it's starting to be that way. Yeah, it really all is. Yeah. Florida man demands bank teller give him less money during an alleged robbery. Okay. Okay. Well, he robbed a bank. He was donning a "Make America Great Again" shirt, which just adds to the story. Yes. He apparently received far more money than he demanded and told the teller to give him a smaller amount of cash back. This guy is 73 years old. His name is Sandy Hawkins. He was arrested. <laughs> he was at the Wells Fargo in Boca Raton around 1130 Monday. Boca Raton? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. He came in, told the teller he had a weapon, said this is a robbery. He demanded $1,100. Exactly. Which is a very specific exactly amount. Yeah. I mean, $1,100. Was he trying to buy something? I don't get that. And the teller counted out $2,000 in $100 bills. But Hawkins, according to a probable cause affidavit obtained by the news outlet, told him it was too much and again demanded $1,100. <laughs> the teller then slid the $1,100 under the shirt and he left. Then Hawkins was discovered after the manager at a nearby sports bar he frequented identified him. When they went to his home, he probably confessed and told them, I will make this easy. He apparently handed them a bank deposit slip that read, Give me $1,100, no alarms, hope to get caught. Hope to get caught. Yeah. Okay. His landlord said he was a kind person. Who probably reached some kind of breaking point uh, when his wife passed away in 2013. But the funny thing is, is that he wanted to get caught, right? right? So the lady gave him two thousand bucks. They knew they were going to. He knew they were going to get that money back because he wanted to get caught. Right. So why? Transfer the money no. back and say, "Give me eleven hundred dollars instead." Is it like twelve hundred is a felony, but eleven hundred? Right. Is only- <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It might be, but that's just weird, man. He had a specific plan. He wanted to stick to it. You know? Yes, but so why? I mean, was he trying to buy a a new motorized scooter? I I don't know. Or maybe his HOA required some back pay. <laughs> But it's Boca Raton, and he's 73, so he's got to he be is. living in one of those retirement communities. He does. Oh, yeah. But he wanted to get caught. So no matter, regardless of what you rob from the bank, you're going to get caught, you're going to get caught, you're gonna get caught right. okay? Right. $1,100, $2,000, doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, and first off, I, I feel for the guy because I, I'm guessing he his, his landlord's probably right. I mean, he's yeah. 73, maybe... He reached a breaking point. Yeah, he reached yeah. that point, but it is weird. His mind's not right. But yeah. Still, it's one of those weird stories. But like, yeah. only in Florida does this happen. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, the, the story we had a couple weeks, a couple episodes ago, was Florida. Yeah, that's right. It was the guy breaking in and making the uh, breakfast and saying, "Shh, I'm making breakfast." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> Which I still say. If he doesn't have a weapon, then let him make breakfast. Make breakfast all you yeah. want, as long as I get some. And then Dave brought up the make cleaning enough person. For everybody, and it's yes. fine. Yeah. And then Dave brought up the cleaning person going into their house, cleaning houses. Right. Breaking and cleaning houses. <laughs> I mean, what? if you woke up to that, you kind of just let him be. I'd be like, hey, you know. keep on going. Yeah. I might like, even leave you a tip. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe, you know. I'd be like, I have two kids under four. 
Flee away. My wife will appreciate it. Good God. Um, but I, I just, again, wow. one of those stories where it can only happen in Florida. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes it better that he has a mega hat or shirt, sorry. Yeah, mega mega uh, great again. I not sure why that makes it better, but it's intriguing. Yeah. It's, a, it's an intriguing detail. Well, you know, we're not gonna get into politics on this show. Uh, we we avoid them. We avoid at it all at all costs. costs. <laughs> yes. Uh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Um before we go, guys, uh, well, you guys know this. Um, earlier this week, uh, my father-in-law, Tom Ellis, passed away. Um, he was probably, I will say this, he's probably the first listener of our podcast and probably yeah. the first fan of our podcast. Um, not because he likes soccer. Right. <laughs> he didn't like soccer at all. Yeah. <laughs> he thought it was boring. Right. Um, he was a football fan, a Twins fan, a Vikings fan, a Timberwolves fan. Um, I think the only reason he listened to it was because because I did it, and uh, he enjoyed listening to me and my buddies talk about something. Uh, he came over numerous times to my garage when we have an episode of my garage he came yeah. over and was on the podcast we actually uh, this last summer we did a podcast at his house uh, we talked about things other than soccer for a while that's right um, but he listened uh, every time we did a podcast he listened um, and uh, it, I can't uh, I can't say much more than uh, thank you to him for being the, the greatest father-in-law that a guy could ever have. He was my father-in-law, but he was also one of my best friends. And uh, we'll miss him dearly. And uh, Tom, if you're listening up there, uh, this drink's for you. Um, and on that note, guys, for myself and for Dave and David, and thanks, Bridget, for coming on. Um, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. It was interesting. You guys, you guys blend so well. <laughs>